Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it's a pre-Nintendo Direct extra E3-vaganza. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the first three quarters of E3, uh, all the way through uh, Monday night. And then later today, we will be releasing a second episode where we recap everything that's actually in the Nintendo Direct and the Treehouse Live. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I, what a strange strange e3 it's been oh man yeah i mean you are not lying it's been so weird and we're gonna we're gonna get into it in in uh greater detail i think we understand there's a a limited shelf life on this episode as it's only really going to be relevant until that nintendo direct pops uh like nine hours after we post this episode but dang it we've got uh pre nintendo direct things to discuss yeah yeah and you know uh god willing we'll get through it all yeah, uh, and Mark, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rip this one off now. Um, yes, there is a bandage on my ear again. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last week when I cut my ear shaving? I bandaged it up. It turns out I took a pretty good chunk out of my ear. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, so it had scabbed over pretty well. And then the other day, uh, I got out of the shower. Oh and no! And I was drying my hair, and I must have just like rubbed the. Uh, so anyway, I started bleeding all over the bathroom. It was a nightmare <laughs> oh no i okay well tell me this because last week you know yeah. we were i was joking we were ha ha and it's like oh well did you get your ears pierced would you get your ears pierced but tell me right. patrick have you taken out so much of your ear that it would not be possible for you to get the earlobe pierced anymore wow um i so i i don't i don't think so but now i'm scared to try frankly <laughs> You'll go down to Claire's and like the 16 year old will be like, uh, sir, I can't, I like, There's I just cannot not enough do it. Appears here. I just can't do it. <laughs> Speaking of things you just can't do, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can certainly try. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and uh, send us a mailing address where we can mail my copy of Sonic Forces. Um, one thing that might happen though. And I'm sorry to say this, or I'm delighted to say it, not clear which, uh, is that either, there may be my copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. There's nothing you can really do about it, um, but that's just what it is. You get to play either game for however long you have it, which is however long you want to have it, and then you send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It's the perfect borrowing program. The other thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thank you to AJAD223 for the five-star review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store. Here's the thing, Patrick. I don't know exactly like the nomenclature that uh, this person wants to use. Could It could be AJAD223. It could be AJAD. It could be AJAD223. But whatever, which one of those it is, 
thank you so much for leaving us a five-star review. It was a really kind five-star review too, which is like oh, uh, nice. double our pleasure. So thank you so much. Um, let me ask you this. Is it possible that it is comic book artist David Aha? Aha, oh my D. goodness. It absolutely could be. There's no reason there it couldn't be. Big fans of your Hawkeye run over here. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, let's get it. Look, uh, w- this is an episode where, oh, and th- thank you uh, for reviewing that. If, if you are David Aha, if you are not David Aha, either way, we love it. Um, and yes, the more reviews come in, the, the happier we feel and the more able we are to shout you out on this show. Um, we'll do it. Uh, if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts US Store, and if you do it anywhere else, just shoot us an email, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and point us towards the review, and we will absolutely shout you out on this show. Mark, I feel like we're doing a, we've got kind of a slipshod thing going on up, up top here, because we just want to get into discussing um, E3. We're throwing out the rest of the format of the show, right, so we can just get into E3, and I think the time has come, Mark. Let's get into it. Let's discuss the first three days of E3 2021. So we're going to be focusing primarily on things that were uh, announced or focused on at uh, these various conferences um, that will appear on Switch. Uh, And then sort of after we get through those then we're going to kind of loop back around for sort of like general thoughts uh right Ge- general thoughts on uh e3 as a whole so far um but mark you want to uh take us away yeah so um e3 proper i feel like kicked off with the ubisoft forward event on saturday and really the big announcement coming out of this nintendo wise is of course mario plus rabbits sparks of hope uh, coming next year in 2022, and this, um, I feel like this like digital E3, maybe more than once past, anyways, have felt like some things got leaked a little haphazardly, like right before the actual announcement. Yeah, it happened with um the uh, uh Bethesda Star. It's not Starlight. Field. It's not Star Scream. Starfield. It's Starfield. Yeah, yeah. The Starfield <laughs> announcement. Star Scream. Transformer. Um, uh, <laughs> And for Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, um, Nintendo was actually the ones who accidentally leaked it. Uh, they published a page on Nintendo.com for it a few hours before Ubisoft's presentation. But my goodness, am I so glad to know that this game is coming. It makes a ton of sense that they are making a sequel to Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle from 2017. It was such a like fresh, kind of like fun game, unexpectedly beautiful like good um yeah and a ton of fun so yeah really excited to have this um from ubisoft's website quote mario princess peach luigi rabid mario and rabid peach are teaming up once again in mario plus rabid's sparks of hope and they're bringing along some new and kind of familiar faces to take on the mysterious entity known as cursa and its minions cursa has been plunging the galaxy into chaos twisting the planets with its evil influence and consuming the energy of the sparks uncanny new characters formed by the fusion of lumas and the rabbits mario his friends and the rabbits crew will have to travel throughout the galaxy to save planets rescue the sparks and ultimately defeat cursa cool man we're going into space we're mario galaxy affying mario plus rabbits uh i'm all about it Uh, and i i think it's so cool to be uh that we're just in such a different place with this conceptually where 
you know, when Mario plus Rabbids was originally leaked, um, man, people were like, what is this? I don't want it. This is ridiculous. Mario's carrying a gun. I hate it. Um, and, you know, now when this leaked far closer to the actual announcement, people were like, oh, yeah, rad. Cool. I'm, I'm down. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's great to be a start in a positive place with this. Totally. And, you know, with like the first game, like you were saying, it was like Rabbids seemed like a, such a weird mashup. Like, you know, um, uh, Rabbids are kind of gross and weird. They're like proto minions. Yeah. And um, but to see it like actually like work out in the game and you're like oh this is actually like really like the game is really fun the characters are really funny um it, i i am really excited to see what they can do with a sequel patrick do you remember at the end of the first game basically i'm trying to figure out is there a reason that they're in space like um ooh uh you you're asking like is it uh an end game situation where like oh yeah a Thor is with the Guardians of the Galaxy, so that's why he's in a spaceship. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't remember there being any, and I I need no narrative reason to to get oh these totally guys in space. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, because the reason I kind of asked is, I guess like the trailer, um, the trailer is the first time that I think we have seen like a rabid Rosalina, and yeah. I already love rabid Rosalina. Um, because yes. she has her own sort of like chaotic energy, different from uh, Rabid Peach, where R- Rabid Rosalina is just so put out to have to like, yeah. um, ex- like have to do anything, and it's it's really it's it's very funny to me. I also love her weapon, which seems to be like a uh, um, a Luma like pole string toy that has some sort of like gun built inside of it. Yeah, it's it's all ridiculous, and I'm, I I love the way that they um like craft unique personalities for the rabid versions of of the characters that like draw on the personalities of the original characters, but then also like warp them in really like twisted ways. Um, like the the rabid Mario has this sort of like I don't know, he's got this like smooth smarm to him that like I, I think is really funny. Um. Yeah, I'm 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 very excited to see uh, more of this game. It's a little bit of a bummer that uh, it's a, a year out, you know, that we won't see it till 2022. But like, you know, whatever, I'll I'll, I'll take it. I feel like that was such um, the theme of E3 is even like um, Microsoft's conference, which for my money has been the most interesting one so far, just because the volume of games uh, yeah. that they announced, but. Like so much of it was 2022, it and which like I can understand given like all the COVID delays and stuff like that, but it has made E3 kind of like not super exciting, and so I am curious like, what like Nintendo's presentation is going to be like because they've promised that it's uh four games mostly that are coming in 2021. Yeah, 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 and uh, you know we'll uh. Uh, again it's so funny to me we're recording this episode right, like 12 right. hours before uh, this uh their, their presentation um so you know any uh, speculating about it but yeah like um totally like at at, at this point uh there's so there was so much in uh this whole like weekend plus of uh announcements um that i felt like sort of underwhelmed or like oh fine but you gotta wait for it um that like 
I don't know. I'm I'm sort of like pinning my hopes on Nintendo to pull me out of this, right? Um, but we'll see. We'll see. And by the time you're listening to this, you probably already know. So uh, Sparks of Hope will have still will have teams of three um, from a roster of nine, which I guess is, is more one more. Okay, is one more than the than the first game. So uh, I I wonder if they are taking out. Or I wonder if it's all the same characters plus Rabbit Rosalina, or if like they're removing the uh, Rabbit Yoshi, because um, we didn't see him or uh, Vanilla oh, Yoshi yeah. in, uh, in in the the trailer here. Um, but yeah, it's just just that uh, from a roster of nine has me like, ooh, ooh, what's what's going on there? What's that about? Um, it also promises the battles unfold through a mixture of real time action and turn based tactics, which I think. Is just the same how it was last time. Are we are we reading anything else into this? Yeah, well, there, there's a uh, it says real time action, and I'm not sure what because the the original game was purely turn based, right? Um, so I'm I'm wondering what actually that means uh, mm-hmm. in in terms of like the the, the gameplay experience. Um, I was reading something else somewhere else, and I uh, forgive me for not uh, being able to source it right now. Um, but saying that the the worlds were less linear in in the new game, that it was more like wide open spaces that you could sort of explore on your own. That's what it looked like from the trailer. That was that was kind of yeah. my takeaway. Is like when they do show the overworld, uh, which this game looks beautiful, by the way. Like the first one looked really good. This one looks like they took it up a notch. Um, but yeah, it looked to me like the the last ones were so were very like linear, like you were on a prescribed path. With the sometimes it would branch off a little bit, but this seems to be like much more open. It seems like the characters are running around in an open space. I don't know. I'm I'm really excited about this. Just like you were saying, kind of a little bit, tiny bit of a bummer that it's not coming out till 2022 sometime. But uh, cool to know that it exists at all. Uh, and then uh, the rest of the Nintendo announcements from here on out, I feel like are. Uh bummers compared to this right like <laughs> totally this is, oh this totally. is the high point this is the high point of the pre-nintendo direct nintendo announcements yeah yeah um I, also coming out of ubisoft forward no surprise just dance 2022 is coming to all platforms except the wii for the first time i guess ever in the life of that franchise yeah. it will not be getting a wii release in uh 2021 so R.I.P. Just Dance on the Wii, but that will that will be released on November fourth, and so that would that was it for Nintendo announcements at Ubisoft Forward. Um, Devolver Digital they had a showcase, and the one game that I thought was interesting that they showed off was called Demon Throttle. It's an eight bit co op action game, and it'll be available only on Switch. And the part that I thought was interesting about this is that it's only available physically from special reserve games so it won't be a digital release um and it seems like it's not as limited run as like a limited runs game release but right i i don't really know uh that's weird did they get into i, I didn't watch the devolver uh presentation did they get into why it was releasing physically only no but it's a uh it's a good marketing gimmick because i'm like we're talking about and i don't know if we would have necessarily talked about it otherwise i mean it's a decent marketing gimmick it seems like a terrible sales gimmick right <laughs> like <laughs> that's gonna make it cost more and then you gotta like go and get it um 
I feel like most indie games, like, uh, you know, live or die on your ability to just pick it up instantly digitally. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's weird. Um, I like that the developer here is called Doinksoft. That's great. It's a good name. Strong name. Um, and then yesterday brought us the Square Enix Presents Showcase, which, uh, again, could in theory have had a lot of good Switch news. Of course, did not at all. Um, had zero, zero switch news, <laughs> like a big fat goose egg, none. There was, uh, I guess one thing that's notable that we could talk about that's not re- switch related yet, but I guess like it's absence from switch is what's notable to me is that yeah. final fantasy. There's a new collection called final fantasy. Actually, is it a collection? Let me start all over. It is not. It's just final fantasy one through six pixel remaster. Yeah, so these are re-releases of the first six Final Fantasy games, but uh, leaning into, at least in the marketing here, that they are being done with pixels, which is to set them apart from the um, mobile releases from a couple years ago, where they used like totally different, um, totally different graphics, uh, replacing the original beautiful pixel art with uh these weird like chibi anime uh looking characters yeah and it's really on the one hand it's like oh like that's good news right that we're getting like the old pixel art um but here's the thing though it it is not the old pixel art uh... it is some sort of weird new mutant pixel art um there i i uh there was a website possibly rpg city uh, someone like that um, that uh, was posting a comparison of because the this thing is teased in like a very short trailer that shows maybe like you know eleven seconds of gameplay of uh, some of these games where they took the um, the sprites the pixel sprites uh, from the from the this new version the sprites from the uh, mobile version from a couple of years ago and the original sprites and like sort of stacked them up together and like. The new version is neither the most recent old version, and it's not the original old version either. So, like, who knows? This is just this is just Square Enix re remaking these games, uh, and like not doing exactly the same old thing, which is what everyone wants. I just don't get it. I really don't understand how Square Enix handles these like classic RPGs. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's mind-boggling. The only thing I can think is like the source code or whatever they need to just present. I just don't get what they gain. I just don't understand what they gain by keep yeah. like futzing with yeah. this stuff. Yeah, um, and they must have the original code somewhere because Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 was released on the Super NES Classic Edition like three years ago. Maybe, and look, I have zero technical knowledge, but maybe they just, they have like the N64 like ROMs, but they don't have the source code or the Super Nintendo like ROMs, but they don't have the source code. And so they can release the old ones, but they're not able to like, like make any enhancements that you would need for like the mobile version to add touchscreen controls. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. These are not as of right now coming to Switch. They're coming to PC and mobile, presumably. Uh, and maybe this is the first time they're coming to PC. And so maybe that's why they're being like remade. But um, I don't know. Kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. 
Yeah. Well, and it, so the what well, I mean one one thing to note is that, and maybe this speaks to the uh, the graphic presentation, um, is that in in the screens that they were showing of gameplay, it looked like it was a widescreen presentation, which none of these games would have been made in in widescreen um, originally. So maybe that's why they had to like futz with the with I yeah, I, I don't know I I I really don't know. Um, but I mean, it, it, it does look like the original, uh, you know, and probably the, the first three Final Fantasies um, could actually stand to be uh, improved in their um, in their sprites. Um, the, the original Final Fantasy, especially uh, like during fights, uh, it's, it's like a mostly a, a black background. Um, and, you know, like it, it, it doesn't give a good sense of of space in the way that later games in the series would. So, like, I can get them wanting to improve some things, but like. I don't know. The, the the closer you can hew to like what the games originally were, the more attractive as a package I, I think they are. And then the other thing Nintendo Switch related at the Square Enix conference oh, was yeah. uh Legend of Mana, they which comes out uh like Legend of Mana Remastered, I think is what it's called. And it comes out um later this month. And so yeah, they had like the opening c- cinematic for it. Uh, and that was pretty much it, or not pretty much. That was exactly it from the Square Enix conference. And so, uh, yesterday on Monday, Capcom had their showcase, and I've got to tell you, Patrick, that I kind of was hoping that we would get yeah. something from Capcom, but it was such a weird showcase. They didn't show off any new games. They didn't talk about any new games. It was all just kind of like laying out the roadmap and showing off some features for Monster Hunter Rise, for Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, which is uh, out in like a little less than a month. It comes out on July 9th. Um, And then talking a little bit about Grace A's Attorney Chronicles. So Capcom didn't even really talk about anything uh, that goes out too far, like really anything later than July that we didn't know about. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, to Capcom's credit, they did tell us exactly what, like, in, in, their, in their rundown of what they were going to talk about, they said they were going to uh, do uh, Resident Evil Village, they were going to talk about the two new Monster Hunter games, they were going to talk about Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, and then check in with Capcom Fighting. And that is actually <laughs> all they did. Can't, you're right. Can't it. be too mad. Can't be too mad. They delivered exactly what was on the tin. Um, so to run down this pretty quickly, like, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, Again, due out on July 9th. There's a free trial version where you can, um, quote, experience the opening hours that comes out on June 25th and progress carries over to the main game. So essentially like a demo. Um, And then free updates to both Monster Hunter Stories 2 and Monster Hunter Rise featuring content from the other game. So like Palamutes from Rise will be coming to Wings of Ruin is one example of that. This is smart. I, 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 I like that they're doing this. They've got two of these games out at the same time, and they can just like start feeding each one with content from the other. Like I think that's smart, and that's fun. Um, if I was a Monster Hunter person, I would be super excited about this. Yeah, and you know, I am interested in seeing what the reviews for Monster Hunter Stories 2 is like. Um, I don't know that I'll ever be able to get into like mainline Monster Hunter. Yeah. But this might be a fun, it looks cute, and so it might be a fun thing, like a fun, like, entry point into the series for me. 
Plus, you can try it for free on the 25th. And oh, if yeah. If you yeah, are yeah. enjoying it, you just apply that to the, uh, to the actual game. And then uh, they also talked a little bit about Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which are is being released on July 27th. Again, I'm very excited for this. I could have seen nothing more about it. I know that I would have been picking it up. But they did show a little bit of gameplay footage, including the Dance of Deduction with Herlock Sholmes, and not to be confused with Sherlock Holmes, and uh, no, no. Uh, Summation Examination, um, a new, another feature in that game. Um, it's so funny to me to show off gameplay footage from the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Like, it, if, if ever a game did not require gameplay footage in, in a trailer, like, this is it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, it, it seems like a, a cool game, especially coming off of uh, playing the two Famicom Detective Club games. Now I'm, like, genuinely interested in playing an, another game like that, um, especially one with the crazy, like, um sherlock holmes analog uh who is just different enough in personality where i'm like now hold on (laughs) (laughs) and then that was pretty much it for the big presentations that were like specific to switch um we learned a little bit more about diablo 2 resurrected which is uh coming to switch in addition to basically all other platforms it's uh diablo 2 resurrected will be released on september 23rd and then the other thing that we learned is that River City Girls 2 is in development at WayForward and is coming to Switch uh, in addition to other platforms. And that was announced at the Limited Run Games Showcase. Um, River City Girls 2 is going to have two-player online co-op. And uh, Limited Run Games all announced a bunch of like physical versions of games that have already been released. But... Um, I think this was the only thing switch related yeah, that was right. like brand new well the 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 only I, I think it was the only uh new game that they showed off everything oh, else got was it. you know either uh upcoming games that we already know about that uh, they're making uh physical versions of um but yeah uh where they had the the scoop on um that this game even existing at all um and mark that's basically it like uh, be, so beyond weird. that there were a smattering of uh indie games um yeah, it, it is weird. Uh, like, it, it's nice that there were a bunch of Switch games at the uh, Capcom thing, but it's, you know, they were all games that are either out already or that we already knew about or uh, whatnot. Um, but it is a bummer to get virtually nothing from that Square Enix presentation. Uh, it makes me think that we'll see something from um, Project Triangle Strategy in the Nintendo Direct. Um you know, there's there's still room for Capcom or Square Enix to show up at the Nintendo Direct tomorrow um, or this morning. Again, uh, we are recording this so close to the actual uh, thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, that that that's basically it. Yeah, I, I guess I almost shouldn't say that it's like so weird because it's not that unexpected that at these conferences they weren't focusing a lot of n- attention on Nintendo stuff, like. Just in general, a lot of these companies, like Square Enix has, you know, all of their uh, Western-focused titles from, like, how do you say, Eidos? Eidos? Yeah, Eidos. Yeah, Eidos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and so these companies are so much more than just their Japanese um, units now that I, I think, like, it makes sense at a conference like this that we wouldn't necessarily see a ton of stuff that's Nintendo focused because in E3's in the, from the past we haven't necessarily seen a ton that was just like 
Nintendo exclusive. Um, yeah, well, and it, it's also important to remember that uh, one of the things that we had heard about that we thought was probably going to happen was that Nintendo was going to reveal their new model of the Nintendo that's Switch right, that's prior right. to um, e- E3 so that uh, developers could show off the games that they were working on for the new hardware, or at least like put that like also coming to Nintendo Switch, you know, new Nintendo Switch or whatever. Um, and that didn't happen. Uh, if there is new Nintendo hardware coming, and I still believe that there is, we're not going to know about it uh, for a while. It's, it's going to so be weird. It's, it's going to be some weird like weekend in August that they're just like, oh, by the way. That was truly so weird. How like white hot those rumors burned for a few days where like, uh, like reputable sources like Bloomberg, yep. right? Like people were adding their two cents being like, yep, it's like imminent and it's going to be announced like before E3. So that way partners can show off their titles that are um, created for it. It's like, okay, like, you know, enough sources are chiming in on this that either they were all mis- like misled or Nintendo punted and was were like, nope, yeah. like we're not, uh, we're not going to, um, that's going to be so weird if like two weeks after E3, they're like, and here's the Switch, you know, like pro. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be wild. I mean, I, I do, uh, you know, look, looking back at like the, the Bloomberg reporting, um, I don't believe that they were saying that they had like anyone on record saying that they were going to announce it before uh, E3. I think that was just like well-informed speculation and probably from talking with developers who would like, we're probably saying we would like Nintendo to reveal this thing so we could talk about our games. Yeah, um, I think yeah. you're right. I think I think you're right that it was like it would make it was kind of their reporting specifically was more kind of like it would make sense for them to do it, but they didn't have yes. anybody like from Nintendo saying like, and we're going to do it. Um, Let this be a lesson to everyone. <laughs> if you are going, well, it would only make sense for Nintendo to whatever, however that sentence ends, you're wrong. You're not going to get ahead of them. You can't guess what these guys do. Totally. Totally. Well, uh, th- there's, a, there's a few just kind of like other things that happened at E3 that are not Nintendo related that I'd love to get your thoughts on, Patrick. Um, yeah. If, uh, so first, like this was... Pre E three, as part of the um, Jeff Keighley's Summer of Games, we did get a re reveal trailer for Elden Ring, which is the new like From Software title. The developers of like Bloodborne and uh, Sekiro. Patrick, any thoughts on Elden Ring? Is that are is From Software a developer that you are following? Uh, not really. I, I, you, you played some Bloodborne, right? Or you, you also uh, uh, played um, Dark Souls when um, the, the remaster came uh, to Switch a couple years ago. Um, so I, I assume you're tuned into this. Yeah, I, I loved Bloodborne. Um, I loved Dark Souls. Um, I played like the first, up to the first boss of Sekiro and loved it. But then I was like, this stresses me out too much and i don't i can't play it anymore yeah. which is definitely like that like from software experience i i was not as blown away as other people uh by elden the elden ring trailer i think from software has like awesome character design and so the character yeah. designs on this were awesome but otherwise to my eye you know like it just kind of looked like a uh dark souls game which is not a bad thing but um yeah 
that that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, so, sort of a limited thing. Um, were were there any other games that uh, were revealed or that we like got to dig into here from any of the other uh, publishers um, that that you were excited about? I mean, we we can also like um, touch on like the Microsoft presentation because it was uh, so big and had so many games in it. And it's obviously their their first um, presentation with Bethesda, uh, like under under their watch. That's right. And actually, there was something from the mic that was announced at the Microsoft conference that is does end up being Switch related because they showed off a game called A Plague Tale Requiem, which is a sequel to the first A Plague Tale game um, that I think was released first on Xbox. But uh, this sequel, which it's. I haven't played it, but my understanding is that it's kind of like a um a survival horror esque game that's kind of set in like medieval Europe, and the sequel was announced for multiple platforms. It was shown off first at the Microsoft conference, but later confirmed yeah. for other platforms, including the Switch as a cloud version. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I wonder. Hmm. That's because because there's also uh uh outer worlds 2 was revealed um at, at the microsoft showcase and obviously you played that game the first of those games um on uh switch um i don't think we can expect this one to also come to switch um i mean microsoft was throwing around a lot of that like xbox exclusive uh branding uh, at the beginning of these trailers um but like what was that of interest to you too do you want do you want to go back to that world yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first Outer Worlds on Switch, uh, even with the performance problems. Um, and I, I, I should go back and play the DLC. I don't know. I, they might both be out for Switch now. I know the first one is. But I, I really yeah. enjoyed that game a lot. Um, yeah, it there was stuff at the Microsoft conference that I thought looked cool. I know it's been out for a while, but like Grounded, the game that where you're like, it's basically like Honey, I Shrunk mm-hmm. the Kids, the game. Um, that looks like really fun. The Outer Worlds Two, Back for Blood looks awesome. Um, I loved Left for Dead, and this is from the same developers. Um, yeah. Forza Horizon Five again looks like aesthetically just like absolutely gorgeous. Even though racing games are totally not my thing, and so that's how I I had the um oh and uh what what is I don't I don't even know how you pronounce this. It's that Kickstarter game that um we talked about from the uh developers of Suikoden. It's like Euden or something like that. Yeah, it yeah, it's something like that. It's like the A Eudice <laughs> that's wrong. Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like something like that. Yeah. It's like and so they should uh they showed off a trailer for that at the Microsoft conference. Even though the main game isn't coming until twenty twenty three, there's like a um uh uh Euden Chronicles Rising that's coming in twenty twenty two. And it looks aesthetically very much like those HD 2D games like Octopath Traveler. Totally. But it looked really cool. Um, But really, like, the Xbox conference, I had it on in the background. There was stuff, like, occasionally I would tune in and be like, oh, this looks really interesting. There was a lot of military shooters where I was like, this is not for me. But it was, like, the first time in a long time that I was like, should I get an Xbox with Game Pass? Because Game Pass seems like it's going to be awesome in 2022 when like all of the games they were talking about are coming out yeah i mean they showed i believe they showed 30 games 27 of which are coming to uh uh game pass i mean even the uh i i do have an xbox at my house my buddy ethan 
um, let me borrow it. Um, and I subscribed to Game Pass because I didn't want to pay for any games on it. Um, and so I, I've I've played some um, Sea of Thieves with him. And the the Sea of Thieves expansion that they showed off uh, during the Microsoft thing, which is a crossover with Pirates of the Caribbean, looks super slick and like cool. And like I want to play that, and I want to play that with him. And like it's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. So like I actually thought it was a fairly solid show for Microsoft. Um, and that brings us to the Square Enix presentation. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I do want to talk about the Square Enix presentation. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to echo your uh your thing about um like a lot of military shooters in the Microsoft um uh conference. Um, it did just like underline for me that like there are huge swaths, uh, huge normal swaths of like the gaming library that like I'm simply not interested in. Um, and like I, it's it's weird to me how like violent and gun happy like gaming as a uh, as a pastime is. Um, and like that was just totally apparent to me. Um, in the Microsoft thing where like all of the cool moments that they're trying to show off in most of those games were like cool moments where someone was shooting somebody else. And I was like, oh man, I I don't know. Trying to relate here. Yeah, totally. I, I feel like every E3, it's a little bit of a shock to my system. Like, I feel like in, I can't, might have even been last year, we kind of had this same conversation because it's really like the only time that you get such a concentrated amount of like these like uh, uh, platform wide sizzle reels where it's like, okay, here's what's coming to, here's what you should be excited about, here's what's coming for Xbox. And it is always a shock to my system because I am so tuned in now with gaming to like nintendo and nintendo platforms that like you're like oh my gosh yeah like there are so many games that are uh just all about uh, like gun violence and it's 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 so many murder simulators yeah and it is such a just because um i i just don't play those games anymore and so it, it it is always a little bit of a shock to the system like and it you know uh watching the conference was also interesting for me because there are games that i thought looked really cool like grounded is one where i'm like that's such a fun idea it looks really fun but i know that i will never play that game because i will never have the time to dedicate to playing in this like massively multiplayer online world um but yeah um all right mark you now have my permission to move on to the square enix uh presentation because Man, there are some they they took some swings in that thing. So huge swings. Well, let let me say one good thing, and that is that I thought the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which is actually coming this year in it's coming in October, I think it's like October 26th. Um, I thought that looked fun and I thought it captured the spirit I think it looks of like great. the yeah. movies really well and the trailer was in most cases I dread funny video game trailers because i yes. think that they are really hard to do well but i actually thought that this one like was really good and actually felt yeah. like a movie trailer like i have no idea how this game plays but i thought that it was like really effective i thought the character designs were really fun uh somebody pointed out that rocket you know he has like a little um like bead yeah, his thing that's like his braided, yeah, yeah yeah and like uh one of the beads on at the top one is a little Groot like Groot's little face um, adorable yeah it's just uh it it just seems really fun so that I was yeah. really excited for 
I, I want to stay on that for a second because I, I I'm also excited for it. I like seeing um the uh, uh, uh Gamora and Drax specifically uh in more like comic accurate designs. Um, Gamora especially like mm-hmm. um you know they they put those like big weird things on her eyes. Um, and like it's just it's cool to see them uh embracing both the sort of like MCU incarnation of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, while also being more true to the comic origins, and you can see that also uh, when they they were showing off like additional costumes and stuff, where it's like, oh yeah, they're get they're like really getting back to comic origins in these. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just it, it seems like it's gonna be a, a cool, almost like um, you know, Arkham Asylum style uh, like deep dive into like history of uh, the Guardians and like cosmic Marvel stuff. Um, the gameplay also looked pretty cool. It reminded me a lot of uh, the combat in Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, where you are like, um, you know, kind of using normal combat to just sort of like uh, fill up gauges and then use special abilities either of your own or of your partner characters. And obviously, this is much more reliant on you calling on your partner characters um, to do whatever things they do, um, which is just it, it's fun and fast and fluid in Final Fantasy VII Remake. And it looks like it's going to be the same here. I'm I'm into it. That's such a good point about it, like really splitting the difference or towing the line between um, the comic books, but also yeah. the characters that we know from the MCU. And I feel like they do that so much more effectively in what we saw in this than in the Avengers game that came out last year, right? It didn't come out this year, last year. Um, it must have been last year. But uh, yeah, so that one I think it will be has the potential to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Now we may move on to the, the less glowing responses. Well, you know the thing I felt this a little bit from the PlayStation Five reveal when they showed off um, Final Fantasy sixteen, and it uh, at this presentation Square Enix showed off Stranger in Paradise. Final Fantasy Origins, Stranger of Paradise. <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry to have to correct you on this, Mark. <laughs> the name of this game is Stranger of Paradise. Okay. That's simultaneously better and worse. Um, yeah. But, so this is a game that's developed by Team Ninja. Um, and I really and truly, when I'm watching the trailer for this, feel like i'm back in 2010 um it has like the character designs are very like bald space marine like it made me think so much of the brouhaha that uh kicked up when in when infamous 2 they um showed off like the main character in infamous 2 for the first time and he was like the prototypical or early aughts protagonist with like the shaved head you know some white dude and like that's exactly his name is cole (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and this is like exactly what i feel like we're getting with this final fantasy origin game i just i don't i i I just i truly do not understand it well and it oh my god it's 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 a combination of this trailer is a combination of so many things right um what one just stemming from uh that that game design that feels like hyper generic um uh, but also like it's doing that uh, that RPG trailer thing where it's just like a lot of disconnected dialogue um, that doesn't make any sense. 
Um, and then like the internet hopped right on it, rightfully so. The number of times that the guy is like, I'm here to kill chaos. <laughs> um, which is just like, it's a ludicrous statement. It doesn't mean anything other than, of course, that this dude is chaos. Um, but like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I can't imagine a worse show, a worse first impression for that game. No, I think the only thing that topped it is they released a demo uh, <laughs> yes. on PlayStation 5 shortly after the show and nobody could get it to launch. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's an absolute disaster. I mean, and the, and the thing that's so weird about like all of that, um, did, did they show off Final Fantasy VII remake uh, again, or I guess the um, the integrated um, like sort of upgrade already came out. It, it was released on Friday, I believe. So I don't I don't think they touched on it there. It seems like such uh, the thing I was driving at here is such poor um, brand management for Final Fantasy um, in in this presentation because like. Um, Stranger of Paradise looked awful, um, and the uh, one through six uh, pixel remakes. Um, no one knows what those are, when they're coming, uh, and why they're not coming to uh, consoles. Um, and then, like uh, the rest of it was like some weird mobile stuff. Where and and didn't say anything about Final Fantasy sixteen, um, which I guess makes sense because like that's connected to uh, it's a PlayStation exclusive, so PlayStation probably wants to show it off. Um, no mention of a sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, it's just, there's so much, uh, like, brand care for Final Fantasy that needs to be done, uh, but they just punted on it here. Like, there's just none of it here. Yeah, it, it's, it just feels weird to me to feel so disconnected from what Final Fantasy is now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be- because it's a franchise that means or has meant so much to me um and now when they announce like new final fantasy stuff like i don't really like care that much and i i kind of feel that way about uh, maybe not to the same degree but a little bit to like resident evil as to like what resident evil has become um i loved re- uh the remake of 2 i thought that was so much fun and recaptured yeah. a lot of what i love about resident evil but like i realize now that i have not played a mainline resident evil game all the way through since five like i didn't play six i haven't played seven i haven't played eight i don't really feel like i'm missing out it's just uh kind of like unusual i i feel a little like weird about it just to feel so disconnected from these franchises that i used to feel like so deeply about yeah and i still think you and i should get together and play seven together because i also didn't play seven i feel like I feel like I would like it, but I don't know. I mean, we we were just decrying like uh you know superfluous violence in games, uh and you know what is a a new Resident Evil game if not uh superfluous violence? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And like I, I feel that I also feel the same way about Final Fantasy, where like um you know I I played a fair amount of Final Fantasy VII remake. I like the like the combat of it a lot, um but just like the presentation and like the voice acting and the writing um it's like of a higher quality than of like earlier um final fantasy games but like there's still that unmistakable like crap quality to it where you're just like why 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 is everyone tolerating this um and i i I don't know the answer to that question i don't know why people are tolerating it well you know it's 
uh, with Final Fantasy, every game is completely new, and so there's always the chance that it will like evolve into some, like re-evolve into something that yeah. I am interested in. But it's just it's a little disheartening for me to see it like evolving away so much from the things that I like, and it makes me, even though I have been a Dragon Quest fan for less time than I have been a Final Fantasy fan, it does make me like. I uh, want to protect my precious Dragon Quest where it's like, no, like it makes me a little bit nervous when they showed off the trailer for Dragon Quest 12 and they're talking about it being like a little, you know, like more adults. It's like, I feel like these companies, um, because like Japan has become so Nintendo dominated, but a lot of these companies still want to play with like the latest tech and like all that kind of stuff. They are yeah. uh, trying to develop games that have more of like a, um western sensibility and it is kind of depressing to me how that is um manifesting itself where it's like ooh, like uh, i i don't i don't need everything to be like dark souls i don't need everything to be um like really like gritty and i am so nervous what dragon quest 12 is going to turn out like now really really nervous (laughs) me too um Mark, uh, you can always still play Eleven, which I know you've not played almost any of. <laughs> no, I, I, I know we didn't do what we've been playing this week, but Patrick, I have restarted Eleven, and I am making my way through it because uh, the the mood really struck me, and so I'm um Amazing. maybe it was maybe it was like uh the um my nerves about some of what's going on with uh, the franchise tra- franchises I used to love, but uh, I have I've restarted Eleven. And I'm really enjoying it so far. Wow, that's incredible. I can't wait to talk to you more about that. Um, I love that game. Uh, yeah, a, a little weird, maybe not weird, uh, because we just had that um, Dragon Quest event a, a couple weeks ago. But like, yeah, not even, uh, they couldn't even bring some of those Dragon Quest announcements over. Like, see a little bit more of the Dragon Quest 2 HD 2D remake. That would have been cool. I don't know. Um uh, there was something else I wanted to say about Final Fantasy, and now I can't remember uh, what it is. So we'll move on. Um, Mark, was there anything else uh, in this conference or just like uh, generally how are you feeling about um, E3 as an entity this year? Do you feel as though you understand what it is? I do, and I feel like it is um, just now a time for people to have like their prefs conferences. And I mean, we will we'll see, you know, what Nintendo has in store. I feel like Microsoft put like their best foot forward. I am hopeful that Nintendo will put their best foot forward, but I feel like nobody else really came to play. And so it doesn't I, I think it just almost reinforces the fact that the industry doesn't really need E3. Yeah. I mean, even if you look at years past, like, I don't know, for for me. For me, all of the big and like fun E3 moments happen at Nintendo, Microsoft, or Sony, right? Like, that's it. Like, everyone else has conferences, um, and I watch them, but then I'm always like, oh, yeah, why did I do this? Like, I, I never get anything out of the, the Square uh, presentation. The fact that they were uh, showing off um, Guardians of the Galaxy, like a cool deep dive into a new game that I'm interested in, like, that's unique for them. Um, and super cool and so like that probably ranks among one of their best presentations even though it's uh, also pretty terrible <laughs> um, on on balance uh, so yeah I, I it I, I will agree that like I don't really know what E3 is anymore I don't really know if we need it anymore um, 
but on balance, maybe this is the maybe this is the same as as it has been in in all years past. Again, we'll see with with what Nintendo shows tomorrow. Um, do you have any any final uh, thoughts, predictions, hopes, fears about um, Nintendo's direct? Ooh, I hate to put anything out there, given the fact that you know, like most people will probably listen to this episode after Nintendo's had their presentation. So I'm going to punt and just say I'm look I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, great. Uh, so if, if you are in fact listening to this after the Nintendo Direct, uh, why don't you just end this episode now and go and listen to the one where we talk about the Nintendo Direct because it'll be out in your podcast feed shortly. All right, Mark, let's close this out. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter um wherever you share it we thank you for sharing it uh following us on twitter is something you can do i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mke mitchell and the show is at nin cart society we also have a facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is provided by ape you can get more of his music by going to ape or by listening right now for my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick ellers saying we're gonna go kill chaos And thank you for listening. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Com. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. Yeah.